When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. January 11th, 2021, all fired up. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Talk about Monday Night Raw tonight. Me, Alfred, Raj, Matt Morgan, missing in action for the first time in uh, forever. Yeah, hardest working man in podcast missed tonight. So He deserves it. He deserves it. Yes, uh, good to see everyone. Monday Night Raw tonight. We have fireballs now. <laughs> fireballs. Uh, uh, his... Uh, Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's been, I'm a little out of practice. Sledgehammers turning into torches. I mean, it was all kinds of uh, insanity tonight. A, a oh. weird show because it was clear that they were stretching things out, like they were short-staffed, like they were, yeah. um, you know, they, that they were missing a lot of people. A lot of double duty on this show tonight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they just had a segment where Matt Riddle just got nothing but had the shit kicked out of him consistently. They finally listened to my feedback. Booking him the way I want to see him booked. <laughs> that did feel good. It did. Like, <laughs> I hate to say it because I like Riddle outside of you know his backstage promos that they have him doing, but man, it's just brutal. Yeah, Alfred, what do you think tonight? I mean, it was um, another marathon show. Uh, I thought the stuff in the end. Listen, if you like the hocus pocus stuff they do in WWE, particularly with the Fiend, I think you would like this. If you don't, it was just more craziness. Uh, I happen to enjoy that last kind of segment because I just thought the show was so boring that that maybe in comparison made me kind of wake up. But uh, it was just another show, uh, no different. Definitely didn't keep me away from the college football championship. I mean, I was following it, but uh, you know, I was still watching the show. Yeah, I th- I mean it felt like th- I didn't think there was anything bad on this show until the end. I mean, you know, you know how I feel about the hocus pocus stuff. I'm not a fan of it. I thought that's what we're calling it now. I didn't get the memo. When hocus pocus sounds good to me unless you got something better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I just thought, you know, I just find that stuff the way it's done. It's corny and it, it's just it's it's just bad. It's like a a sea level horror movie. But outside of that, I thought the rest of the show was fine. It was again three hours. If if I wasn't doing the show, I probably wouldn't have watched the whole thing. I probably would have recorded it and caught the highlights. Triple H, you know, we had reported on Wrestling Inc. that the backstage rumor was that he was going to be in action tonight wrestling, uh, which he pretty much did. It was for at least a few minutes. Um, so yeah, I mean, I we'll see if that held the the audience throughout the show because. Was it four guys worked two matches, or you know, in the same night? So, yeah, yeah, kind of crazy. So let's get into it. Let's talk segment by segment. First, the super chat. I am Air, who I recognize from his avatar, Uh, cosplaying, larping as me in the chat room. (laughs) Ruben signed with a dollar ninety nine super chat, saying I'm changing my name back after the super chat. Well, there you go. Uh, We had. where was it? Uh, Alonzo Smith, better than my intro. Said, Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Great fireballs of fire. <laughs> uh, tonight, I don't know. You know Raj, you say sea level, level horror film. I watched the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street over the weekend, and I have to say uh, what we saw tonight was better than that. Hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I did not see that. B-. 
Jackie Earl Haley, uh, who I love, but not no Robert Englund. I'll just leave it as that. Uh, the remake of Halloween, I did see that, and that was pretty sweet. That's way better than this stuff. I heard it was good. But no, look, I like that they're doing something different with it. I, I'll give them credit for this. They're keeping Bray off the air. I didn't think they were going to do that for this long. I like them having Alexa Bliss out there doing something as opposed to Bray just comes back immediately. I like yeah. that they're keeping his presence, but not just rushing him back into program. Yeah. I mean, you, if you burn someone to, to death, it's it's probably best to not have them on TV the next week. Um, I, I don't know. Again, it's he was burnt to a crisp, and now he's you know still coming back, so... If you're into it, that's cool. Different strokes for different folks. I'm not a fan of that. I, you know, I really like SmackDown this past Friday night. I thought that was a, a really good yeah. show. Um, that's the kind of the Roman Reigns stuff on there. The, um, you know, that's the kind of that's more my style of wrestling. Yeah, and it does kind of feel like they're. I know we know the direction is the theme, but for the past several weeks, it does feel like they're building up a feud between Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. Like they're going to have a match because she's the one who keeps confronting him and showing up. And at the very least, I am interested to see what version of The Fiend shows up or if they do a Super Fiend or, or whatever they do. I'm, I'm sure the follow-up's going to be awful because it always is with this character. But I am interested in seeing how they bring this character back. You give me a wrestling Alexa Bliss that's all creepy and shoots fireballs? Like, put her in a title feud with Asuka. That could headline a pay-per-view. I, I will say this. All the special effects at the end, as hokey as it was for me, it was they did it well. Like, it, it looked good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's something different. It's not, I mean, think about how Raw is usually and how boring and monotonous and just the same, same, same. At least they're trying something. Uh, Leonzo Duncan is disagreeing, Raj, saying for, you, if for him it was the exact opposite. If not for the end, it sucks. Huh? Different strokes. I'll be curious. I'm curious how much people talk about this. I haven't really looked at Twitter tonight to see the reaction i'm curious to see more of the the fans take in the chat room to see what they think uh same thing with how matt riddle was booked i would love to see sort of the reaction uh to to all of that tonight they did make some bold choices tonight um and we are new on twitch so if you're on twitch it's live streaming on there if you send us your comments on there we'll make sure to get them on the show as well and after the show raj will be streaming donkey kong jr yeah yeah I'm not fully up on uh, watching people play video games on Twitch, but man, maybe I should. Is it just one person playing and then other people are watching or are you playing against someone else? No, you can play online like Ninja who does Fortnite. He plays online all the time and then complains that people find his location and like grief him in the game because they can see where he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, fire up that nest and pro wrestling. I know I got pro wrestling. I did play that the other day. It's all you need, man. Um, I like this, what somebody said in the chat room, where was that, uh, say it with your kicks saying there's rumor, the fiend has a new mask. I would love to see them pull sort of a Jason or Slipknot and have him come back with, uh, a, a new and different look. After. It'll probably be a seared mask or like with bubbles on it. So that to reflect the fact that he got burned alive. Yeah. <laughs> Worked for Freddy Krueger. Uh, Jody Shauna Jenkins, Canadian $5. Typically, it takes about 40 <laughs> weeks to fully recover from a full split <laughs> entertainment torching. So. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Leon's a dunk at $2. Raj did like Orton versus Taker in 2005 feud? Question mark. Uh, it was 
I mean, it wasn't purely based on magic. They did do some of that. But again, it's not my cup of tea. That's not my... If I'm looking at my favorite feuds from that time period, that's not anywhere near it. Um, I mean, most of the Undertaker stuff I liked is not when they do the magic and the supernatural. So American yeah. Badass, that was your favorite Taker? Nah, I still like him as the dead man, but not when he's they're burning caskets and, and things like that. I mean, you could argue the best thing they ever did with The Undertaker was that four-year period where he faced Shawn Michaels and Triple H. There was no hocus-pocus with that. That was Mm -hmm. just guys trying to solidify their legacies, and that was probably the best he's ever been. Yeah, and his feud with Brock after losing to him, you know, that went through SummerSlam, that Hell in the Cell, they had some awesome matches. I thought that was great. Telling you, Raj, someone could write a think piece for uh, Wrestling Inc. about, you know, the – the uh, secret long-lasting legacy of Lucha Underground on today's professional wrestling already. Someone did. Really? Yeah. Just uh, was the last weekend or the weekend before, Scott Fishman. Uh, oh, yeah. Since uh, El Rey, uh, you know, is no longer around, he, he wrote a piece looking back at Lucha Underground and how it impacted pro wrestling today. So there you just go. type in Lucha Underground Scott Fishman on Wrestling Inc. and you'll, you'll find that. There you have it. I didn't set him up for that, folks. That legitimately, <laughs> I didn't know he answered the question. Jason McKay, $10. Thank you, Jason. How am I supposed to get behind Adam Pierce when he rejected Drew Gulak's flash drive until he books himself in a flash drive on a pole match? He's the top heel. <laughs> don't give him any ideas. That'd be hard to grab. Well, I don't know. Yeah. See, that's why I wish Matt was here. Matt Morgan is like the biggest Drew Gulak mark, and it's for the dorkiness of his gimmicks. That's what mm-hmm. I love. I love that Matt pops for that compared to the, uh, so many other things that he dislikes. Uh, Matthew Pierce, 499 says, Rush, tell me your price to swap the impact review for this crap. I'm done with raw. <laughs> <laughs> we want people to actually watch and impact. Uh, as my, I, we, we tried it in the past. I mean, I'm not talking about the night after Kenny Omega, but we had done it before and people aren't that into impact. I'm guessing it'll be higher than $4.99, too. So maybe try again, Matthew Pierce. <laughs> Not as high as you think. I think surprisingly reasonable. <laughs> uh, it depends on who you want to host. Uh, Alex A, two pounds, saying I watch via a watch-along, all I can do nowadays. Yeah. I have to say, do you, let me ask you this, Alfred. Do you, how much are you on Twitter and social media when you watch uh, the current product? Only so if something happens and I think of something to tweet about or it's just something that happens that I think everybody would have noticed or something like that, I'll point that out. I try not to be on Twitter the same time the show's on. I want to give my full attention to the show, but I am on Twitter uh, throughout the show. It's usually probably 50% of the show. I'll end up just going on Twitter and saying something that happens because that is a more fun way to watch Raw. I can't just sit there for three hours and watch what they what they give me. Yeah, I, I tweet during Raw more as like to keep my notes for this show. Uh, like, so if I'm usually not on, then uh, I'm not usually tweeting during a show. But yeah, it's uh, it helps. It it definitely helps. And Raw man, that that third hour, it's at some point they're gonna have to look at how much is, that's really worth. You know, the millions of dollars are getting there for that. It's a lot of money, but it's also deroding the popularity of that show quick. I mean, you look at the year to year drops for Raw compared to the. Smackdown, which isn't near as drastic, and it's uh, it's it's hard, and I think they're driving, they're going to keep driving away fans every year. And very yeah. rarely do I ever watch a three-hour show, and at the end of the three hours, I see it's a good show. What happens on the better Raw shows is at around the two-hour mark, I'm like, wow, this is a really good show. But then I look at the clock, and I'm like, oh god, there's another hour of this. Yeah, and then it brings me down. But this is one of those shows where two hours in, I was like, okay, this isn't that bad. This is actually pretty good. <laughs> right. <And then> <laughs> 
Well, SmackDown, you're to, you're at the 90 minute mark. You're like, oh gosh, this show's almost over. We got there only 30 minutes. And Raw, you're at the 90 minute mark. You're like, damn, we're only halfway through. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's very different. I would argue, and I, I don't know if you guys are this way. The better something is, the less I'm tempted to pick up my phone. Like during Cobra Kai this year, I didn't look at my phone at all. Watching yeah. The Mandalorian, I don't pick up my phone. Uh, better Call Saul, I can't pick up my phone or I'm going to miss something and I'll be completely lost. Um, but yeah, with Raw, I mean, it's very tough to, to get very far into it. And I'm not like, oh, what are people saying on Twitter? Anything funny? Do I have any, you know, wisecracks? Anything to share with the world? And again, I feel it's more specific to Raw because SmackDown, I find a lot of weeks, even when it's not good, it's way better than Raw. Uh, but it's not draw specific. I watched Martin Scorsese's After Hours last night for the first time, and thirty minutes into that, I was like on my phone. I was like, "This is an overrated film. It's no near, yeah. not nearly as good as I heard it was." The time with Away, that show on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh really? No, I've heard that was good though. Eh. Right? Yeah, there's a lot better out there. Yeah, it's a problem, man. It's like TV's so good now that yeah. to compete, like you have to be great. Uh, did you finish Cobra Kai season three? Oh yeah, the next day. Yeah. Alfred, you up on the I haven't, I haven't yet. I'm sorry. I've got a couple episodes to okay. go, but I love it. Okay, there you go. I, I just saw my wife didn't see it the first time with me. So hmm. I watched it with her, and she just finished. We just finished last night or yesterday. And she did not re. I, I did not realize something that happened in the finale at the end. Uh, I did not put two and two together on who there was a phone call oh. made on who the call okay. was to. So the second time, I was like, oh, my God, how did I miss that? So. Really? Oh, see, and I love what they did with the fake out with that earlier in the thing because you thought it was, and then, oh, it wasn't. And anyhow, we'll talk about this later, after right. we won't spoil right. it for you. Man, I'm having a heart attack over here. Yeah, yeah I know. It was very good. Uh, okay, so we've got – I see your super chats. I know we've got a lot of super chats, but we've got to jump into the show a little bit. Yes, yeah, so let's get a couple segments, and then we'll go to these super chats. Uh, Triple H showing up tonight. So Drew Gulak, they're fully acknowledging. Like, he's out with COVID. Yeah, this, this, this is the first time they've done that. Yeah. This is the first time a wrestler, Drew, in his promo later, has mentioned COVID in a, in a wrestling promo on WWE TV. And it was but, a good message. It was just like the basic, you know, protocols that they really should have set up top. But, yeah, I had no problem with it. No, I think it's good. I mean, that is our reality. And I think it. the more you try to hide it, it makes it more awkward. Uh, like when they were doing the empty arena shows at the Performance Center and when they're not even you know, talking about what's going on. It just makes it. It just made it awkward. Just and so you know, props to them because Drew's not going to be on for obviously for the next couple of weeks. It would have really stood out. So uh, they just went the old-fashioned way and just told the truth. And yeah. it really shows that they're in that bubble where Drew McIntyre gave the most basic advice about COVID: wear your mask, <laughs> follow COVID protocol. And it's just on WWE TV to me. It just seems so jarring. Right. And that shouldn't be a thing. It's like right. he's just saying the things you're supposed to say, but because WWE is in their own bubble and they protect themselves from stuff like that, uh, something as simple as telling people to wear their mask and saying COVID on air was seen as surprising. Right. No, it's crazy. I mean, right now we're having you know nationwide like the worst period we've had or, or yeah i mean then things are just getting worse and worse but it seems like inter- inter- entertainment on tv we're acknowledging it less outside of the news so yeah it was kind of and i uh, say both ways i don't think you should beat it over you know beat well, it over somebody's head but also you can acknowledge it like in an nfl game someone's out for coat with covid they don't spend the whole game talking about it but they mention why they're out now i have to mention this because you mentioned the nfl did you watch the game on nickelodeon yesterday I saw the game. I didn't see it on Nickelodeon, but I did see a lot of tweets about the game and how it was being produced on Nickelodeon. They should do this with everything. Wrestling should let Nickelodeon, because they went full on Nick with it. Yeah. And uh, they should do this for wrestling. They should do this for every sport. It was fantastic. 
I don't even watch football, but I turned on to on because it was just such a spectacle. But it was very entertaining. There was green slime. Okay, so Triple H out there at the beginning uh, tonight uh, talking about what's going on with Randy Orton and uh, what he did to the Legends last week on the show. Uh, Orton came out, proposed they went toe-to-toe tonight. Triple H accepted the challenge. Uh, This set up for what happened later in the evening. Triple H at one point also uh, hit Randy Orton. Uh, Orton was clutching his jaws. He went back up the ramp. I mean, so this was an interesting placeholder um, given that Drew McIntyre was scheduled to have a uh, match with Randy tonight originally. Yeah, I mean, they needed something big to, kind of, you know, hold the audience's attention for, for that long. They're up against the big college championship game tonight, uh, which usually does a monster rating, which actually historically has not hurt Raw as much as much as the average NFL game does, so it's always kind of interesting. Raw doesn't usually doesn't get hurt as bad against the championship college football game, but uh, they needed something big, and you know they've kind of made everyone seem average. So I guess this was this was all they could come up with. But you know, I wish Triple H had more of a reason to be out there. He was just kind of out there without you know without saying why he did. They repeated the same exact line that they did in their last promo together before their match at Super Showdown where he said, uh, you know, your balls are in Stephanie's purse. That's the exact same line Randy Orton used the last time they built up a match. So they well, love something that line. Is, If something is still true, is it really repetition just to acknowledge it? Well, you can say say something else. Yeah. Your balls in her, her shoes. <laughs> Mix it up. I don't know. <laughs> as, as, you know, he was walking away and you knew that Randy was going to say something, I literally timed out what he was going to say, and I mouthed it along with Randy Orton. That's how much they use that line about balls in the purse. They did it with CM Punk years ago. They, they do it all the time. Yeah. And I will say this, though. One philosophy about WWE that I do like is whenever they have to replace something, their philosophy is to give you something better than what you would have seen, which, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre Randy Orton has been done to death, so the replacement of Triple H is seen as an upgrade, and I do like that they like replacing with something that they perceive as bigger. So, and I, I was curious yeah. where they were going to go with it. I kind of figured they might it might be a, a, a fiend kind of comeback. But I, I didn't see that. I sure only didn't see Alexa Bliss shooting fireballs. Yeah, I, didn't see, I definitely didn't see that, but I, th- I thought the fiends, uh, the lights would go out and the fiend would show up or something, but... You know, to get out of it because they're not going to have Triple H get beat, and they're not be- having Triple H beat Randy Orton. Well, I, you wouldn't think. I knew that Triple H wasn't going to do like a real, real match when he didn't take his shirt off. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so Triple H said, "It's cool that you burnt uh, the fiend to death, but you insulted Ric Flair, and that went too far." <laughs> Priorities. Hey. This company says. <laughs> Kind of crazy. Uh, no, I mean, the promo was good. You're right. It did feel a bit like a replay. Um, but then with this, Charlotte Flair versus Lacey Evans. So they made it seem like Charlotte and Rick or Charlotte forgave Rick for whatever interference or whatever happened in the match uh, last week or the week before. So tonight we had Charlotte versus Lacey. And the distraction tonight of Rick Flair coming out, him interfering again, Lacey getting the win, and then uh, going off with Rick. As FH says, with his five-pound super chat, Rick turning heel on his own daughter for a potential bang is the most Ric Flair storyline ever. And sorry for sending pounds as cryptocurrency. <laughs> uh, not with where Bitcoin's at today. Um, but no, I mean, what, what did you think of this, Alfred, about how they're involved? I mean, with Charlotte, it seemed like it took her so long to escape Rick. 
that now once again, I mean, I guess this time he's not aiding Charlotte, but what do you think about him being back in her, in her uh, business? It's just very awkward. I, I do like the prospects of Ric Flair and Lacey Evans being paired together. I think Lacey Evans, I mean, they've done so much wrong with her, and I do think she has a lot of star power that her with Ric Flair should help. But the way it was done made the referee look stupid. It was just very awkwardly done where Ric Flair just kind of stood to the side and then started helping out Lacey Evans. And I just don't like the fact that Ric Flair was not really seen as a heel last week. I mean, he just made a mistake and Charlotte yelled at him. So this week, I was kind of sympathizing with Ric Flair that he screwed Charlotte because she yelled at him last week and said, don't be in my business, stay out of my life. And I mean, what else is he going to do if he wants to be on TV? That's the nature book. Yeah, who's the heel here? Because Charlotte's making Ric Flair one of the greatest of all time cry all the time. <laughs> and then uh, Lacey, you know, is acting like a heel uh, all the way, like manipulating him. Ah. Look, I, if this was like Rick Martel or someone like that in that role, I'm all for it. But Ric Flair is the greatest wrestler, you know, on almost everyone's Mount Rushmore. And Stone Cold wouldn't be doing an angle like this. Um Hulk Hogan would not be doing an angle like this. Even, I mean, Bret Hart wouldn't be doing an angle like well, this. And I just think using flair like this, it, it just, every time he's on TV doing stuff like that, it just kind of diminishes his value and his, uh, it, it just makes him seem like less of a legend. I don't think any of these guys would be doing it, though, if it wasn't their daughter in the angle. Oh, I mean, yeah, but you, I don't think Stone Cold would be doing that even if it was his daughter in the angle. Okay. I mean, he wouldn't be chasing after Lacey Evans. Now, uh, let me channel Matt Morgan here for a second and say that you've got Lacey, who's a legitimate badass, military career, uh, all-American uh, girl, and she's got all these accomplishments. She's very dynamic, very charismatic, and they're putting her in this romance angle with Ric Flair. Does seem a little uh, below perhaps where she should be booked given her her actual in-ring wrestling merits and personal accomplishments. Sure. And I think they're just going to keep doubling down on this idea that they're having, because they already kind of mentioned that they're going to the hotel room. So it's just going to make her into a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, my fear is that the fact that with Ric Flair is hopefully going to help her curating. But if they screw this up with the writing, then, you know, forget it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ric Flair, when he's used sparingly, uh, you know, can pop a rating and mean something. When you use him every week and in you know, and not importantly, then it, he doesn't mean anything. And so this isn't going to help ratings much. You know what this is? This is that, you remember that Tori Wilson, Don Marie storyline with Al oh. Wilson? That's what this is. And Ric Flair should not be in that kind of a role. Yeah. Especially not in the Al Wilson role. My goodness. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Ric Flair should not be in an Al Wilson role. You know, but not to uh, keep coming back and harping on the COVID aspect of it, but given that the little mini outbreak and Raj, I'm sure you can report more on the actual extent of what's going on there. Like, like today they were like, let's bring Ric Flair back. We've tempted fate all these times and he's been okay. But, you know, this time nothing could go wrong. Yeah, I mean, WWE's mentality is if you pass that test, you're good to go. And it doesn't matter if, you know, you're not you have COVID, but are not yet, you know, testing positive. Cause there's that, that few days where you could have it and you're not, you know, testing positive. So, you know, again, with the older talent, I'd be more cautious, but I, you know, their philosophy is you test, you know, you test negative, then you're good to go. There you go. And look what that's gotten them. Uh, DNA of TNA Morgan fan, $5. 
uh, saying, hey, guys, I wish in my head when Triple H was talking to Keith Lee when he stated, hell, fix, he'll fix this mess. I wish Triple H meant Lee will go back to NXT or get better booking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was, um, he was better tonight. So Yeah, Keith Lee had a good night. This might have been his best night since he came to the main roster in terms of how he was portrayed. Yeah, since his first couple weeks, at least. Yeah. Uh, J dot the juke joint five bucks saying thank you guys for what you do three double matches just god awful good grief Charlie Brown uh, thank you time yeah and Manny Fresh two dollars pointing out no mention of this being Raw's twentieth anniversary tonight good call I didn't know that yeah that is true nineteen ninety three is when it started I remember watching that first one Undertaker versus Damian Demento yeah. Yeah. Well, it was like the 28th was Raw 25. Yeah, so that would have been what three, three years, years ago? ago? No, that was I think that was two years ago, wasn't it? I, I think no, it was three. No, Raw 25 was the uh, the year that WrestleMania what 34 happens, and we're on WrestleMania 37. So yeah, three weeks, three years, three ago. years ago. They did yeah. like 4.5 million viewers for that, and yeah, yeah, that was the year they had Brock. I think it was Brock against Kane against Braun Strowman. Wow, Raw 25 was that long ago. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that long ago. So wait, Enzo's been gone three years now? Yeah. <laughs> That's what you got out of this? <laughs> it just I remember it happened on Raw 25. Right? Yeah, it happened that yeah. night. The, the, the show was supposed to be built around him, and then he got fired like an hour before the show. <sighs> I, like, I'm fascinated. The whole Enzo thing, like just his his story just fascinates me because it's, I mean, it's amazing, right? Like in a weird way to be where he was and then have what happened and then his backstage personal conflicts and whatnot. But I can't believe that was three years ago. And then yeah. what he's done since or what he hasn't done, uh, kind of nuts. Cause two uh, years ago was the ROH when he showed up at ROH with, yeah. with Cass. And that then last year, feels like was, it was yesterday. Yeah, and then last year was quiet. Well, last year with the COVID there was nothing. Yeah. Uh, Black Saw Johnny Hicks, four ninety nine. I'm waiting on the Triple H versus Vince versus Shane versus Stephanie ladder match for control of WWE. They came pretty close to that that one year with WrestleMania when the main event was a McMahon in every corner. WrestleMania yeah. two thousand. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so uh, yeah. real quick, uh, yeah. James Zimbecki is asking: Didn't Flair recently have COVID? And I want to say I remember reading something that either him or his wife did. His wife had it. Yeah. Um, and he never got it, but yeah, she had it and she recovered. Oh, that's right. Uh, NYC Demon Diva is mentioning that's her birthday as well. Happy birthday! Happy birthday. Uh, Leonza Duncan wants to know five dollars, guys. What match got you into wrestling? For me, Brett versus Sean, WrestleMania 12. Remember watching hearing on the illegal scramble channels, and he's saying after hours is great. The first half hour of after hours was very interesting, and then it just varying results the rest of the film but anyhow what got you into wrestling uh, alfred do you first it was just it wasn't a match in particular it was seeing the ultimate warrior painting his face so i was really into the face painted guys ultimate warrior i was big into sting uh the road warriors uh so i it wasn't one particular match that got me into wrestling i didn't really appreciate matches until i got a little older and understood what was really going on yes and the hogan andre feud got me into it but yeah again it wasn't necessarily a match that that angle where bundy uh wrestled hogan on saturday night's main event and then andre was just choking the crap out of hogan after that got me hooked just that that choking angle and, and what happens from there and yeah I, i've talked about it but i think uh the the culmination of rocky three and then cindy lopper and then wrestlemania like it was like those three events that got me into watching it yeah the first time. real quick nyc demon diva you watched raw on your birthday three hours 
What, what, what are you going to do right now, especially in New York? You know, not really a hopping social. You know, I don't watch college. Yeah, three. It's three hours on your birthday. Something. That's what I thought about. I, I don't think she did. I don't think she watched all three hours. I was watching the movie after hours last night. And they're running around New York. I'm like, all of these places are now closed. You couldn't do any of this stuff. And Deadpool, thank you for pointing out the night before with Keanu Reeves and Lori Laughlin, a better version of after hours. I intend to watch that this week. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see Miracle Mile? Either of you with Anthony Edwards? No. Yeah. Uh, it's like a Twilight Zone episode. He's on a date with the girl and then the world's going to end and it's them like running around trying to find their way to safety. Uh, Ira Jonigan, $2, wants to know who was the last young star WWE had. Seems forever. It was Paige, right? Well, how do you define young star? I mean, because I would say Rhea Ripley right now, young up and coming star, especially if she's going to win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. I mean, Roman is young. He's not old. Uh, I mean, if you're talking under 30, uh, it, male, it's it's different. It's hard to. Roman yeah. Reigns is thirty five years old. Yeah, but in wrestling, that's not that old. Jericho's, you know, fifty. So, <laughs> I mean, see, yeah, there we go. Under 30, I, I knew it. I knew it. She didn't watch just the end. <laughs> um, well, uh, scrolling down. Uh, let's see what else we got here. I, yeah, what was the next? The next, thing. Uh, the next segment we had after Lacey Evans won that match. Uh, look back at Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre last week. Uh, Sheamus interrupted Lee's promo backstage. And uh, then they were talking, interrupted by the Miz and Morrison, Miz and Morrison pardon me, setting up a tag match that was going to happen tonight um, later in the show. But first, we had Jeff Hardy versus Jackson Riker. Uh, the fans demanded it. We want to see Jackson Riker wrestle, and WWE gave it to them tonight. The match we've been dying to see. <laughs> so this was the first of the. I just I feel I need to clarify. I'm being sarcastic because some people don't pick up on that sometimes. This was the first of the the killing time matches where, yeah, and the match led to another match with the same you know the same group involved. And it was one of those things where nobody gets over. You know, Jackson Riker's. Is- Unknown town who gets this win over Jeff Hardy, which is the biggest win of his career. And you would think it's a big deal, but then they just followed it right up with Jeff Hardy beating Elias. So nothing matters. And it yeah, really was a time. It should have been the other way. He beats Elias, then Jackson Riker challenges him and, you know, and then let him beat him and let that marinate. Yeah. Isn't that what an enforcer is there for? Right. Yeah. Yeah, this this was weird. The rhythm of it. I mean, so Jackson Riker beats Jeff Hardy, and then Elias. Well, at first, been... Elias is saying he can't wrestle, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 so... yeah. Oh, that's right. He injured himself uh, making the music. Right. <laughs> hey, it's possible. I like threw my back out playing Beat Saber the other day. So I'm just saying anything is possible in the year 2021. Um, but after Jackson got that victory, <laughs> Elias was heading up the ramp, uh, and then tells Elias to come face him, uh, and then uh, Jeff Hardy beat Elias. Yeah. I will say, Samoa Joe is the star of the segment. He was very funny trying to defend Elias for having a thumb injury and saying how gruesome it was that he had blisters on his thumb. Even though it was obvious that Elias was making this injury up, uh, Samoa Joe I thought was very good in the segment. There are times when I can't really tell Samoa Joe and and Byron Saxon apart. Like, they don't (laughs) sound all that different to me. Like, that contrast. I thought uh, Charlie Caruso and Renee Young, if you closed your eyes, did sound like the same person for a long time. Hmm. So it's possible. Um, someone, you know, back to that question earlier about the last young star that WWE made, 
Uh, Travis is saying seen in 2002. Daniel Bryan, maybe? Was he under 30 when he got his big push? I don't think he was. In terms of young, I mean, Paige was like 21 years old. Right. I'm saying male uh, under 30. Daniel Bryan is now 39. So he was... Yeah, so that he would have been in his 30s. CM Punk is what? He's in his 40s now, and that was over 10 years ago. CM Punk's actually, I think, a little younger than... uh, Is he 40 yet? Yeah, he's 42 now. Yeah. He looks old. I have trouble believing CM Punk is younger than I am or younger than you are, Raj. Yeah. Yeah. And in addition to their stubbornness, another problem WWE has in building young stars is they do have a lot of young people with uh, abilities under contract, but it's such a log jab that you have to go to... NXT, then you have to go to the main roster, then you have to go to you know the main event, and it's such a process. And along the way, you just have to not be ruined by them. And so the odds are against you being under 20 and in the main event. I mean, look at Riddle. He's 35 right now, I think. So, like, he didn't even have a chance to be a young, you know, the young guy on the main roster. Yeah. Uh, Alonzo Smith pointing out Jackson, Riker, and Elias are twins. They look just alike. Ooh. I think... But I, th- I think, I mean, let me get your take on this, Alfred. I think, um, and we've talked about this before, where there was our worries when Kevin Owens was tagging with Otis. Um, I, I think you want to stay as far away as possible from anyone that looks like you, because then it becomes those two bearded guys over there or those two fat guys over there. Um, you know, you want, you want you to maintain your, like, unique individualism on the roster. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and there's just something about that dynamic that's just not clicking with me. Like, like I see AJ Styles and Omo, and I feel like it gave AJ a little fresh coat of paint. Uh, not that AJ was getting stale or anything, but I think it just, you know, just gives them something interesting. Whereas with Jackson Riker and Elias, it's just, I, I just, I, there's no chemistry to me. Yeah, and I mean, I know they're doing the kind of disciple gimmick, so it should theoretically make sense that they're dressing alike, but the fact that Riker dresses <laughs> the same as Elias does in his matches and is basically an Elias duplicate when he's this really big shredded guy, they could do different things with yeah. him. Yeah. While but establishing it, him as an Elias disciple. No, it's like a weird single white female situation, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ultimately, he's going to try and murder Elias and become him. Yeah. Um, Terry Allen Jr., $5.02. Is it believable grabbing a boot while a person covers the opponent unable to escape? Hey, man, it, uh, that's how Ultimate Warrior got beat for the first time in WWF. Remember when Bobby Heenan mm-hmm. held his held his boot at WrestleMania 4, 5? Five? 5. Um, yeah, I mean, look, again, Matt Morgan always brings up this point. What, How realistic is it when you throw someone on the ropes and they just keep running over and over, you know? You gotta, there's some some things you gotta accept, and then also you gotta think about they're having a long match, right? They're probably winded, so it's a lot harder to kick out when your feet are being held to the mat after a long match. They should do both feet though, oh, both yeah. feet down. When I was a kid, I thought the ropes were like those bumpers on a pinball machine, like the the tight rubber bands that just knock stuff around. I didn't understand why people kept bouncing around inside the ring. Didn't yeah. realize they were running. Yeah, wrestling enthusiast is saying, I uh, hope WrestleMania 24 gets re-uploaded to the network soon. Yeah, every now and then WWE takes these uh, pay-per-views off, and usually it's just a, a, some, a contract on something ran out, like the music rights or something. And so that's believed to w- what happened here. So they're just uh, editing it, and it'll be back up. Gary Adams, 499, saying, love the podcast, guys. Keep up the great work. Thank great. You Thank so you, much. Gary. Thank you. Yeah. Um. So after that, 
We had Seamus and Keith Lee versus The Miz and Morrison. And uh, this was a little different. Seamus and Keith Lee picking up the win. Good match. So was that like for real, real what happened with the turnbuckle when Keith launched Morrison into it and it came up and dislodged the rope? I don't think so. I think that think was, it was gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. That's why I think Keith Lee was great in his reaction because it made it seem like it was a mistake where he was just like, what? And, and uh, but they did that right before commercial and then they came yeah. back. So I think, I don't think it was uh, legitimate. I think they definitely planned it that way so that they can have this great spot going to break. Although it's a little weird though, because I'm trying to figure out like, I mean, it's impressive, but it also just seems like a simple physics thing that would cause that to happen as opposed to strength. It's not like breaking the ring with like a superplex or something like that. I don't know. Uh, anyhow, I thought uh, Keith Lee came across looking fantastic in both these matches, but after Sheamus and Keith Lee uh, finished their match, they were all smiles and celebrating together. And uh, then we went backstage to Triple H uh, talking about Randy Orton. And then we came back and Keith Lee and Sheamus were arguing, setting up a ring or setting up a match in the ring. Yeah, again, killing time. Not to say it wasn't good. Like, it was a good match. Shorter match. Mm -hmm. And they really established how just obscene it is for somebody to tag themselves in. On tonight's show, if you don't know anything about WWE, they did a couple of spots where somebody would tag themselves in, and then the other person would be infuriated. So that (laughs) happened here, and that led to their brief feud. And then they just got right back together, and they were friends at the end of this. So Right. I don't know, man. You know, I'm glad that Keith Lee got the win here, because I I feel like they've... uh, They've really derailed him over the last few months. But at the same time, Sheamus, and I'm not saying Sheamus should have gotten the win necessarily in this case, but he's supposed to be going into a feud with Drew McIntyre. And I don't think he's, he like never wins. He loses almost every week. I mean, this guy needs to get, you know, who believes that he's going to beat Drew McIntyre? And then what's the point of the feud? I mean, Keith Lee, I think, you know, to make the the most of the situation, I think that this is you know, allows him for more time and allows him to to look this good. I think sometimes they're trying too much to keep Drew in an elevated level of champion, but then still keep Keith looking strong. But tonight was much more of a showcase for him without having to do double duty. Right. And I I was very nervous for Keith Lee, actually, coming off of last week's show, because I don't think he had a good night. I don't think he had a good match against Drew McIntyre. And I thought this was going to be the nail in the coffin where they just decided we just this guy is done. His confidence is gone. We can't use him. But yeah. I thought they did an about face in making it. I mean, they had him with Triple H tonight. They had him wrestle two matches and win twice. So this is a really good rehab effort for Keith Lee. Um, so what would you think, Alfred? Were you surprised that Drew cut a promo tonight talking about his quarantine due to having COVID? And he accepted Goldberg's challenge for uh, the Royal Rumble in three weeks. Very surprised that they had him use all that language relating to to COVID-19, because I know they said that we were going to hear from Drew McIntyre. I thought all it was going to be was him accepting the challenge, and then we just get out of there. I thought in WWE slash Vince McMahon's mind, uh, they would see it as, oh, our champion can't say he has COVID. He'd be seen as weak, so we can't say anything about that. Uh, But, you know, to their credit, they did. And I thought Drew McIntyre came off like a starter. He came off like the voice of the company, and uh, I I liked him in those couple of segments. I don't like him pointing so much attention to the fact that Goldberg's old, but I really did like the mentality behind the fact that I wouldn't want to face Goldberg in his prime. You don't want to face me in my prime. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I, I agree with you 100%, Alfred. I thought him addressing it and, and talking about it made him feel like a bigger star. And, uh, yeah, same thing with Goldberg. You know, I know a lot of people are are against this match with Goldberg. I think it's fine as long as Drew gets the win. Obviously, if he gets beat, then that's a different story. Just because there's no one on the roster right now, outside of The Fiend, maybe, or Roman, that Drew can face at the Rumble 
and it means something to beat them. So I, I think this would this makes a good win for him. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I hope uh, Drew recovers and comes back quickly. Yeah. Um, but so time, apparently, there's a, a lot of other people that have COVID as well. Obviously, you know, huh. there's a reason why you're seeing people working multiple times in the you know during the night. Uh, I know there's SmackDown. Apparently, is going to be changed or has been changed. There's at least one SmackDown star that that's. Uh, that has COVID and apparently AEW and impact as well. So, wow. And impact's going to be taping TV this week. So, uh, it's, you know, throwing a wrench, a monkey, what, what's the expression? The monkey wrench, whatever it is. Yeah, monkey wrench in the middle, yeah. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. So it feels like this comes in waves. I know in October that was when AEW was having a bunch and I know WWE had some as well. So, yeah. I'm I'm actually surprised Goldberg would want to do this, given that he's a little bit older. Um, I don't know, just kind of crazy. Well, he has a con- his contract with WWE is for two matches a year. So, yeah, but a calendar year? I mean, I yeah. don't know. Like, yeah. year just started, Rosh. <laughs> well, that I mean, that's what they did last year too. I mean, they had him wrestling know. in February. I had a family member who had COVID over the summer, and I still like stand across the street from them like when i wave hi and if i need to drop something off i tell my wife like slow down the car and i throw it out the window and then i'm like okay drive 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 <laughs> i'm just saying precautions was this the only member of your dog or is this like an actual person no no actual multiple family members i don't think oh, i talked about it on the podcast thank thankfully they were okay it was it was rough there for a while but you know i kid but yeah it's like i don't know it just it's still like we we don't know we don't know everything about this it's just such a tense situation right. so that's why i'm surprised goldberg would want to do it uh someone uh cory pride i don't want to speculate on this i appreciate your super chat but um we don't know i don't want to speculate on who else has COVID or there i'm assuming there's some safety protocols uh, probably extra safety protocols they took before tonight's taping yeah and uh, you know they're, they're they're testing before every show so anyone that's on tonight's show tested negative yeah and we i mean it can be mentioned like i know some People were wondering about AJ Styles, even though he showed up, you know, he ended up working tonight. Like, I think earlier in the night, there were people speculating. He and AJ has already had it, but it also has been a while. So, um, you know, the, we, people don't really know how long it could take to get reinfected and things like that. But yeah, clearly AJ doesn't have it. Yeah. Um. So we could talk about this all night, but instead let's talk about the match. Everyone's talking about, which is Xavier Woods versus T-Bar T-Bar picking up that victory tonight over Xavier Woods. Yeah. No Kofi Kingston tonight. Uh, WWE said that he is out with a jaw injury. Huh? So uh, didn't give an, in, uh, an update on when he'll be back, but that was their, uh, you know, that's, that's what they said. I, I thought this was, maybe T-Bar's best match on the main roster, but it just kind of reinforced how much I don't care about him because I was waiting for this thing to end. But you just kind of remember, oh, yeah, there's actually a talented worker under there, Dominic Dijakovic, right? He's T-Bar, I yeah. believe. Yeah. And uh, and it was not a bad match. I thought it was fine. It's just that they've done so little with him. I know um, Mustafa Ali had that uh, work shoot promo last week. That was pretty good. But, I mean, still, they've just done very little with this group. And they seem to have kind of dropped that ricochet storyline. Maybe ricochet returns by joining retribution but i i couldn't care less about this match. i don't know ricochet was working on main event he was wrestling Ooh. humberto carrillo so Ooh. is that better or worse than being on raw tonight 
gosh, I, I think that's worse. I think main event is always that one. That's when you start to worry when you're starting to be booked on main event where it's like, oh, crap, I got to do something. Yeah. Um, so T-Bar won. All those T-Bar fans were so excited. Yeah. Is that his first singles victory? I guess we don't have to spend too much time. I think it was because I've never seen him do a finisher, and that's his finisher, and I can't even remember what it's called. It's called, like, the – I can't remember what it's called. Like, did he get a chance to beat Ricochet? I forget. everyone. Like, almost all those guys did, but I can't remember if he did. Yeah, he did. Everybody except Mia Yim, and that might be coming. Yeah. Mia Yim, like – I'm surprised that, like, even if they just broke her away from Retribution, started giving her one-on-one matches, I think she could salvage this character. T-Bar's finish is called the Eyes Wide Shut, which is hilarious because they wear masks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think anyone creative has actually seen the movie Eyes Wide Shut and understand kind of like why that's a puzzling choice? Right. How masks were used in that movie? That movie sucked. <laughs> it did. It really did. I'm a huge Kubrick fan. I was so excited when it was coming out. I lo- I lo- I'm a Tom Cruise fan as well. And boy, that was brutal. I overthought that one. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, uh, Jackson Catlin's 499. Did anyone else but me enjoy how Pierce sold that super kick? Also, Triple H would be great cast and made on a God of War movie. Uh, let me ask you guys this. Do you think Adam Pierce is really facing Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble for the championship? It seems to me like it's going to end up with KO or Nakamura. The way they, they had Nakamura really strong out there, I don't see them building Nakamura for a WrestleMania match. So the way they did that, they turning him babyface, I feel like it's going to end up with Nakamura versus Roman Reigns. My gut tells me no, that they are going to bait and switch, but I am interested in seeing Adam Pierce. If they let him be Adam Pierce, wrestle Roman Reigns. I think that'd be excellent. Sure. Uh, yeah. I love that. I think they'd have Roman kill him. Right, exactly. That's, that's my fear, is that they would just be in his like street clothes and they'd just beat the crap out of him, but there's a, an actual wrestler under there. And I will say this, when it comes to their gauntlet booking, this is always an expose on WWE. They do this to where I don't think they're going to heat up Nakamura for Roman Reigns because they're always behind. They, they always take somebody. They did this with Seth Rollins. They did this with Kofi Kingston. And now with Shinsuke, where there's always a star in one of these gauntlet matches that they beat. And then yeah. their time comes like months later and it's organic. Like they wouldn't have seen fans getting behind somebody who wins multiple matches. Yeah. But the fact that they had Nakamura beat a couple of real guys in there, and, and it wasn't just like one victory and a fluke, but, you know, beating Daniel Bryan, I don't know. Yeah, uh, but uh, Alfred, to your point, though, yeah, I would love if Adam Pierce was really given a chance to wrestle a match. Same way, like, if Drake Wirtz was really given a chance to wrestle a match next year, that'd be great. But if they book Drake Wirtz in an angle, you go, what's going on here? Like, the, this is placeholder or just a chance for the, the champ to, like, demolish them. Because um, they're not going to do that. And it should be, really. Yeah, I mean, Roman should not be competitive with someone who's an authority figure that hasn't wrestled but in six that, years. That's that's a, maybe a main event segment on SmackDown. That's not something you do with the Royal freaking Rumble. Well, that, I mean, they, they've they always done that at the Royal Rumble. And most of these, B, yeah, I mean, not B pay-per-views, but non-WrestleMania pay-per-views when they have two world title matches. One is usually kind of like a filler, just throwing someone in yeah. just to just to beat them and the other one is kind of like the bigger one and the more important one and so i think I mean, they're really going down yeah uh, this isn't dolph getting another <laughs> title shot yeah like, usually it's dolph dolph's usually reserved for that role but 
But and, isn't it weird though? I'm sorry, Alfred, I didn't mean to cut no. you off. But isn't it weird though? You put Shane McMahon or a Kurt Angle or an authority figure that's known for their in-ring work, and even though we know they're not going to win, it's still like considered a real match, and it's kind of hot, you know? It is very weird. It is weird. I mean, I mean, I'll I'll give it to them. No one expected it, <laughs> but I don't know. I'm interested to see where they go with it. Maybe in their mind, they just figure they're playing with House's money because Royal Rumble, people watch Royal Rumble for the Royal Rumble matches. And so they've got this big Royal Rumble. So anything else is going to be seen as secondary. They don't really have to go all out with a WWE title match. Mm-hmm. Or a universal title match, I guess, would be in this scenario. Yeah. Krana Shaw, $5, saying, I don't know if you saw it yet, but the New Day podcast tributing Brody Lee was amazing. Uh, and the only good thing about T-Bar are his tweets. P.S. <laughs> almost is being booked great. Yeah, I mean, he's green, so they're not having him do too much, and it's smart. Yeah. He's the one. I was When I was watching wrestling over the holidays, uh, like sometimes my family would catch me watching wrestling. He was the one guy that they'd be like, who is that? And everybody else they didn't care about. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then the one thing with T-Bar, and he, you know, he's proven that he can go. So this is getting him experience while being under a mask, you know, experience on the main roster, which right now people can't get because there's no live events. So it's all on TV with your face out there. So this is, you know, this is probably not the worst thing in the world for him. With Omos? No, with T-Bar. Oh, T-Bar. I think the worst thing in the world with T-Bar is being in retribution. I think Dominic Dijakovic would be having a much better. Well, well, that's what I'm saying is he's getting, at least he's getting some practice in, uh, you know, on the main roster. That's something a lot of people aren't able to get right now. And he could just pretend it wasn't him. Yes. I mean, it's another, you know, when Dolph Ziggler was the caddy, when Chavo Guerrero was caddy. Or where yeah. he was, uh, he was, was he Nikki or Mitch? Yeah, Nikki in Nikki. the squad. Yeah. yeah. Why do I know that? Can't identify China on a map, but I know that Dolph Ziggler was Nikki in the spirit squad. Uh, DNA of TNA, Morgan fan, $5 saying Owens versus Reigns at the pay-per-view ringside news and cage side seats reported that two days back. I, nah. Can you really trust the dirt sheets? <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Unless it's us. It's true. Uh, Wrestling Inc. If it's on Wrestling Inc., it's... We say it's an exclusive. Yeah. Uh, So, let's talk about this. Uh, Matt Riddle got his ass whooped by Bobby Lashley. First is backstage promo. We gotta gotta mention that, because this just makes the ass kicking so much better. (laughs) What was he saying about pizza? Oh, wait, the pizza with all the different kinds of cheese on it? Four different types of cheese and just going on and on with the Lucha Brothers. Ugh, this was infuriating. This, I mean, I was getting just so infuriated watching this that by the time came, I wanted Lashley to kick the crap out of him. Yeah. So, what what have you guys heard? I mean, like, I keep reading about heat people have with them backstage, other wrestlers. Like, was this indicative tonight of of something with how they see him? I mean, this to me could have felt like a send off, like. Like Matt Riddle had to go back to his home planet and died on the way. Because uh, <laughs> no, Riddle is really good in the ring. I mean, his character, so with the stuff they're writing for him is terrible. But his, you know, in the ring, wrestling wise, he's really good and he's super talented. I've always said, like, if he stops with the flip flops and people might say, oh, that's what he is. Well, if you, who you are is not a main event character, you got to change it. And, uh, you know, change your because he's got a good look too. So change it up. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you got something there. But with the bros and that comedy, it's only gonna get you so far. You you become Santino Morella. 
Yeah, and it's bad comedy. And, and I really don't know. I can't speak to any reports about him having heat, but this is how WWE books somebody when they find them legitimately annoying. I remember they did this with Sami Zayn years ago. Enzo. They booked him, Enzo too. They booked him, uh, like Sami, as the annoying guy who would come in and he'd be like, come on, guys, uh, let's fist pound it out. He'd try to be cool with the shield. And they just looked at him like, this guy's an idiot. And that's exactly what they're doing with uh, Riddle. And the whole, Sami Zayn recovered to a degree, but never really got back to where I think he should have been. And Riddle, I don't think, uh, has a good future if they're going to keep using him like this. Because I agree with Raj. I, when I saw him getting his ass kicked by Lashley, I was like, hell yeah, this guy needs he needs a lesson time. Well, and I don't remember Sami Zayn like being dominated, tapping out, and then fighting someone else who just then came in. And right. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is that's that's crazy. an Enzo thing. That's like something yeah. they do to Enzo. Yes. Where yeah. he just get his ass kicked over and over. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but, uh, needless to say, Bobby Lashley is still the U S champ. Uh, Riddle tapped out a quick win. And then he challenged MVP MVP got and started beating him up. And then, uh, Lashley hit a spear out of nowhere, uh, for DQ. So, um, yeah, it seemed like that MVP was just a way for Riddle to get some heat back, you know, get something back, get a win. And then he just got his ass kicked again. So (laughs) that was the great part about it. Honestly, (laughs) like the swerve. You know, what if that was the entire booking arc where they pitched it to him where they're like, Matt, so you're going to challenge a match and then you're just going to get your ass dominated. And then, okay, so next week, do I win? No, you're just going to have a match where you get your ass dominated. What right. about the next week? No, you're just going to get your ass dominated. He's like, when do I get the win? Never. That's the point. Right. No. Keep getting dominated and getting your ass whooped. Yeah. MVP is going to stop you wearing monk straps this week. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the way he was beat, it doesn't make you, it just, to your point, it didn't seem like this is continuing the program. It seemed like no, that was kind was, of the end. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he's taking some time off, tonight seemed like, uh, I mean, it wasn't as bad as what Owens did to Jericho to write him off WWE TV, but it was pretty, pretty serious. Yeah. Um, so. And he tapped out with both hands, too. <laughs> when he yeah, tapped out to Lashley. This was not like a look strong loss. Um, saw backstage, Adam Pierce talking to AJ Styles. Drew Gulak walked up uh, to announce a spot for the Royal Rumble. Uh, the setting up a match, AJ versus Drew. And once you know what, AJ Styles beat Drew pretty easily. But I think Drew looked better than uh, Riddle did after the end of this match. <laughs> yeah. And I like that, you know, because they have all these guys declaring themselves for the Royal Rumble. So the obvious question is, why wouldn't everyone just declare themselves? So I like that Drew declared and he had to wrestle somebody because it shows that not anyone can just declare. You have to be somewhere on the card to be able to just automatically get in if you want. And I kind of like the fact that he lost. Like, you know, it would have been great to see Drew Max, uh, Drew Gulak get a win over AJ Styles, but the fact that he wants to get in the Royal Rumble and he competed and lost kind of makes the Royal Rumble seem like it's this really hard thing to even get into, let alone win. So that right. really helped the match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Antonio Garcia, $10. They had a good idea in the AJ Gulak match where AJ got to declare for the Royal Rumble because he was a former champ where Gulak had to earn his way in. Making the Royal Rumble uh, like Masters. Uh, they're just never consistent with this stuff, though. Right. You know, like uh, Kalisto will declare himself next week and just magically get in. He did. He was a former U.S. champion. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's true. So many people in WWE have had a title at some point. Yeah. So that's, I mean, God. <laughs> I mean, our truth could, you know. Well, Drew Gulak's a former 24-7 champion. Is that yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Was he I forgot about that. Or did they never... Wasn't he the gobbledygooker? Or was the gobbledygooker his own champ? He was dressed... He was 
yeah. actually the gobbledygooker, but I don't think it was right. ever revealed to be him. Mm. So I forget if he wanted. Did he win it as himself? I believe he did because I remember him wearing a suit, wearing that title, trying to get into the hurt business. Oh, okay. I would watch yeah. a TV show with Drew Gulak, and I can't say that about the majority of the WWE roster. Drew right. Gulak, to me, he's a young Chris Jericho. I mean, I think they're missing the boat on him. He just has, he's a naturally funny guy who can go. The thing is, he is best when he's used as a funny guy, as opposed to like when he was being Daniel Bryan's apprentice and being like yeah. a serious character. It just, it just wasn't working. Uh, Antoine Ferris saying, this is off subject, but can this be the most wide open rumble, both men and women's, that you can really point to a clear person to win? Uh, I feel like, you know what? It just feels like this time of year nowadays, WWE doesn't have clear booking directions. And then yeah. all of a sudden they're like, because remember last year, it was like three weeks before the rumble where they're like, oh my God, we got to start pushing Drew McIntyre. <laughs> and like, then he, he started doing the countdown with his kicks and, you know, he became a baby face. It just feels like they don't have the long-term planning to where you could see it coming. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's it's pretty wide open, I guess. It is wide open, and especially when you think of the fact that even when there is a clear favorite in Royal Rumble, WWE tends to kind of swerve like what they did with Shayna Baszler last year. When Chris Jericho seemed like he was a lock to win the Royal Rumble, they gave it to Sheamus. So when you bake that into it, it's wide open. But it's also wide open to Raj's point in that there's just nobody that they've heated up. Right. You look at like This time last year, that guy was Drew McIntyre, where you just saw him – with this path to, at the very least, eliminate Brock Lesnar, but they gave him everything. But this year, they just don't have that guy or woman. Yeah, where you're like, this is he's definitely going to be in the WrestleMania main event. He's got so much steam. There's no one like that right now. It's, oh. I mean, maybe The Fiend, uh, Edge. Uh, you know, he didn't win last year, I guess. Um, you know, Daniel Bryan's one of the favorites, but it's just no one. It's just no one that hot. When do you think? So here we are. We're Brock. Uh, Less than three months out now from WrestleMania. We're like, what, like 11 weeks, almost 10 weeks. Uh, when do you think they're going to – do you think they've already made the decision there's going to be no crowd or very limited crowd? I think they're planning on, you know, having it at you know, Ray- Raymond James Stadium and, and with a crowd. And, you know, they're obviously not going to be able to have a full crowd. Uh, the Super Bowl is going to be there. I mean, I think you just got to kind of, I think they're doing the right thing is just waiting to see how it's panning out to, you know, so you know what, how many tickets you really can sell, what kind of configuration you can have. Because, I mean, you know, as we're seeing right now, the COVID is cases are higher than ever. They're higher than that last year's WrestleMania. So it's, that's the weird part to me. It feels like people are starting to loosen up some things, but then things are like worse. It's a weird disparity. Yeah, just it, the NFL playoffs and a lot of these games, if not all of them, had crowd, like limited capacity crowds. That Titans game the other Titans the other game day, game. it looked like they yeah. said it was like twenty five per twenty twenty five percent. It looked like huh. fifty thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but no, I think the rumble can go a lot of different ways. But see, what I hate is when it's wide open and then it's just going to be like a boring choice for who wins. Like the year they had uh, Orton win to challenge the fiend or whatever, or to Bray Wyatt a couple of years ago. You know what I mean? Like what's something unpredictable. It rarely is unpredictable. Yeah. There have been years where it was like the year that Seamus won. I don't think many people were expecting him. Alberto Del Rio. I don't think many people were expecting that year, but you know, unexpected isn't always the best either. Yeah. And especially, I think it's especially wide open with the women. I couldn't, there's like five women that I could easily see winning the Royal Rumble. It could be Alexa Bliss, Bianca Belair, it could be Rhea yeah. Ripley, you know, who knows? So it's yeah. going to end up being Charlotte. 
because yeah. that's the most exciting <laughs> option. Right? Uh, Jackson Callens is off to bed, but got to know, Alfred, are you a Cobra fan, a Cobra Kai fan? Good night, guys. 100%. Love the Karate Kid. And awesome. Cobra Kai is amazing. Yeah. Antoine Ferrer is saying, on the news here in Florida, they had a story that the Rumble will have no crowd, and WrestleMania is 40 to 50% crowd for now. Again, we'll have to we'll have to see. I mean, Super Bowl is only, I think they're doing twenty thousand, right? Twenty thousand people in pods. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean, they should tell the NFL just leave the configuration, you know, and we'll borrow it. Interesting. Um. So, okay, here's a quick question: yeah. WWE. When it comes to them lying about the WrestleMania number, I mean they can't. <laughs> you don't want it. You don't want to be like it was full ninety thousand people. I can see them trying to go for the biggest crowd of the year. You know, like this like, is the biggest crowd we've like seen. Three thousand over the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, still, I mean the Rumble thing. You know, they're going to be at this Thunderdome until WrestleMania, and I, you look at that configuration. There's not really a way to put people in there. And it, it would just look odd, I think, just having a couple rows of people. So there's going to be no crowds until Mania for WWE. It's weird they're doing the Royal Rumble because you think about in one-on-one matches or tag matches, they've, you know, you think about the, the risks and whatnot with COVID spread. But when you're going to have like 30 people overlapping over the course of a match, I don't know. It's interesting to, to think about the uh, statistical probabilities. Yeah, yeah but they're not all yeah. in the ring together. I it's mean, true. It's, you know, at, usually at most you have 10. So, yeah. but if ever there was and we see that now. The Royal Rumble they did last year with Brock, where it's just like King of the Mountain. Right. Yeah. That's the year they should have done that. Right. <laughs> yeah. done that was that. awesome. That yeah, was such was. A, that was such great storytelling in last year's yeah. Rumble. Absolutely. Uh, so we went from Drew Gulak losing a match to get into the Rumble to Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose just declaring themselves for the Women's Rumble. Neither of them have won titles, right? No, I know uh, Dana hasn't. No, Mandy hasn't either. Yeah, no. Mandy hasn't either. So, inconsistency on this show. Double standard. <laughs> uh, so they lost to Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler pretty decisively, pretty easily. We have, like, friction between uh, Nia and Shayna again because... Again. Was it Nia that... No, Shayna tagged herself in and won the match. <laughs> there needs to, they need to just do, like, the Looney Tune spot and just have them keep going in a circle, tagging themselves in. Each partner, just again and again and again. <laughs> Why not at this point, you know? Um, so, after this, we had the main event, Triple H versus Randy Orton. Uh, you know, I miss this Jinder Mahal and the way he would say Randy Orton. <laughs> miss that. What's Jinder up to? Uh, he's he rec- recovering from his injury. But when was, when was he injured? He hasn't been in the ring in like a year. Yeah, no. Last time he was in, he, and he suffered that injury, and needed surgery. So hmm. um, he's been posting rehab videos. He's like, he should be back soon. Well, I maybe, maybe I, the rumble. I miss Jinder Mahal. I would love to see him back. There you go. Uh, but this match never really got going. I mean, there was a little bit of back and forth. Uh, or Triple H's first match on Raw since yeah. 2016. Oh wow. He beat Dolph Ziggler in 2016. First match, period, since 2019 when he teamed with Shinsuke Nakamura um, in Japan. In oh, June yeah. In 2019. Uh, so Orton bled because uh, Triple H sent him in the steel steps, put him through a table, got the sledgehammer out. Uh, I mean, 
Triple H looked good, man. Uh, but then the lights started to go out. The lights went down. We thought, is it the Fiend? No, the lights come back on. The sledgehammer's on fire. And uh, then we see Alexa Bliss standing there in the corner, and she shoots a fireball at Randy Orton's face. He drops to the mat, starts yelling out in pain, and Raw goes off the air. Um, realizing what happened and the fact that it was Alexa with the fireball that set the sledgehammer on fire, I don't know. I mean, like, there's probably not an easy way they can do much of this because they do have to kind of hide it smoke and mirrors unless it's cinematic style. But I think, I don't know, when's the last time someone shot fire from their hands in professional wrestling? Like, this is better than Green Mist. Yeah. I mean, it looked good if you like yeah. that kind of thing. I thought it was corny. <laughs> but, um, and then the other problem I had with this match was Triple H had the better of Randy Orton when this all happened. You know, he had the sledgehammer and when it oh, caught yeah. on fire, he was getting the best of them. And oh, Randy Orton is one of your top guys. Triple H hasn't wrestled in years, you know, on Raw, four years, five years, whatever it was. And here he is beating one of your top guys and, you know, he's dominating him and he's one of the guys in your top storyline. Especially if you're telling the story that Keith Lee's saying you don't have to do this. Like you're an old man going to slaughter. Right. And he goes and beat the crap out of Randy Orton. Yes, exactly. So yeah. that's that's the other issue I had with it. WWE has a bad habit of doing that. And when I see Demon Diva pointing out Alexa upgraded from glitter to fire. Hey. <laughs> so uh, 80s Child Dre says, without fans, what do you think of every match being cinematic at WrestleMania? Ooh, ooh. No, no, no. Don't ever do that. When was the last time? When was the last time WWE had a good cinematic match? We're going back Boneyard to like match. Boneyard. Yeah, that's yeah, it started yeah. And the the Firefly Funhouse match with Cena was. I enjoyed that. Yeah, so really we're going good. back, you know, to last year's WrestleMania. What they uh, should do is um, let if they let the wrestlers produce them themselves and said, okay, we're going to do this one like a back alley brawl. We're going to do this one, you know, X, Y, and Z way. They could do some cool stuff with it, but they're not going to do that. Yeah. You could argue that they've gotten worse, like progressive. So yeah. they had Boneyard and then Firefly. It wasn't as good as Boneyard, but I still liked it. I think every single time they've done it, it's gotten worse. And I think the last time they did one was a Swamp match, which was one right. of the worst match I've seen from any company. It's got awful. Except for the part when he jumped up out of the water at the end and grabbed him. Oh, like, oh. so bad. <laughs> uh, Boat Boy Chief 270 said, Jinder Mahal got potential. So that's our first Twitch Twitch comment. There you go. We just oh, open yeah. the Twitch, twitch.tv slash wrestling inc. Sign up, subscribe there, and we'll play pro wrestling from the NES one day. Uh, Jenna Ness saying, what's the plan for the dome when baseball starts? The plan is to be out of the dome when baseball starts. So that basically goes through WrestleMania. Well, there you Man, go. One more from Twitch. Please, no more cinematic matches. I, I agree with you. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know. The thing at the end tonight intrigues me because it's like, where are we going from this? And I think Alexa has been one of the most one of the best parts of Raw for a while now. Her and Bray, but specifically what she's been doing, I think has been great. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's my problem: is that now? So does that mean Randy Orton just goes back to being a babyface after weeks of burying the legends and really acting like the top heel in the company? It's like now we're supposed to feel sympathetic that he got burned and. Alexa Bliss and The Fiend are going to continue to be a heel act, it looks like. And it's just very inconsistent in how they're presenting these characters. I think they're supposed to be the baby faces, even if they're throwing fire. I mean, Undertaker's burned people before, right? Or is he He was always the one getting burned. Yeah. Didn't, didn't he light people on fire as a baby face? No? 
<laughs> Undertaker was always getting burned, like whether he was burned in the casket or right. I guess in the Inferno match against Kane, he technically lit him on fire to win. And right. I think, I mean, Freddy Krueger got lit on fire and, you know, that didn't get him sympathy. I mean, you know, clearly it doesn't mean who we're supposed to root for. But no, with Randy doing it, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it is yeah. what it is. Where, the fact that we're discussing it just proves my point. This, that stuff sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, all in all, what do you guys think? Tonight's Raw. Uh, you know, it was there. Yeah, it had some moments, but it was it was still raw. Six and a half. That's fair. Six and a half, seven. <laughs> oh wait, no, Riddle getting his his ass beat. That gives it the half. Six <laughs> and a half. <laughs> hey, Matt, that was match of the year as far as I'm concerned. That's <laughs> so far. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what else we got in the world of wrestling, Rush? Well, uh, we exclusive exclusively reported our wrestling. Inc- <clears throat> Uh, Dalton Castle is now a free agent. Uh, he's a former ROH world champion. And yeah, he's now free to sign and appear for any company he wishes. Uh, apparently, ROH has offered him a good deal, but he has not signed as of yet. And he's seeing what's out there. And two years ago, he would have been like a huge get. I think now people have kind of forgotten. Yeah. You would have to revive that character. Yeah. For sure. He's very, very talented. I saw him live actually a couple of years. It was a super card of honor. It was either two or three years ago, whenever they had that WrestleMania weekend. He was fantastic. And all I thought was, man, this is such a WWE guy. Like, this is a guy who looks like he, you know, you always see guys in the Indies who it's like he has that kind of indie type of sentiment or whatnot. But then you see guys, this is how I felt when I saw Cesaro for the first time in the Indies, where I'm just like, man, this guy should be in WWE. This is a guy who they could do stuff with. But then he kind of got hurt, and he was never the same. His body kind of changed. But if he's healthy and he's ready to go, this guy is a real talent. Yeah. And to Antoine Ferris' point, no, I'm saying it was uh, Freddy Krueger was still the villain when he was set on fire. I'm saying that's why, like, if you're setting on fire, like, Freddy Krueger or Jason or The Fiend, that doesn't make you a heel. That makes you the baby face. So people on the podcast who aren't watching, uh, Antoine Ferris said, Glenn, Freddy was a child abuser, bro. L- <laughs> L- yeah. Um, <laughs> A-O. No, that's what I'm saying. And like Nancy was the baby face. Nancy set Freddie on fire. That didn't yeah. make her the bad guy. That's my point. There are circumstances where setting someone on fire, if you're fighting, facing a supernatural homicidal maniac, <clears throat> you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. It's actually a perfect comparison. <laughs> yeah. So Nick Jackson of the Young Bucks, he revealed that he had COVID as well. Uh, in the fall they there were those three weeks where they had those awkward backstage segments where the young bucks were like super kicking tony shivani but they would only you'd only see matt jackson and like they would still they would try to have someone else doing the kick for for nick so it looked like they were both there but you'd only see matt and so that's where nick was he was uh he was battling COVID, and he said he had uh hives and was sick for, oh, wow. for two weeks straight so um so yeah uh so he just revealed that over the weekend. Um, also, SmackDown ratings came out. Um, oh, how's that? It did 2.12 million viewers on Fox. It was up from last week, uh, up 5.3%. Uh, and last week was up against a big uh, football game, uh, college football game. But this week had the news, the craziness of the news, and the news just dominated the ratings. So I would think for all things considered, that was pretty pretty good rating for and not great but not bad for what was going on that night and you know those you know last week in the news so 
Yeah, yeah I, I expected a trim. I mean, especially if you saw what happened to uh, Dynamite and NXT, how far they dropped for their two specialty shows. I right. expected SmackDown was going to take a bath too, and that didn't happen at all. Yeah, I would have thought. I didn't think it was going to take as bad, but sure. I mean, that was yeah, the night. That like, was right when it happened. That happened on the same day. Yeah, well, so, that night I think Trump lost yeah. his Twitter and all this other stuff yeah. was happening. So it was. I mean, it was still. It's. I mean, if you look at the news ratings, it was still gigantic. So, um, oh, Jackson counts as a good point. Orton should have had the sledgehammer to look strong as a spit in Triple H's face. Yes. Then the feed stuff happens. Exactly. And then, yeah, Triple H looks like, I mean, Orton looks like he's about to hit Triple H with the sledgehammer. Then boom. And he was going to do it the right way, not the weird, like, I'm going to put my hand on it and poke you in the stomach. Right. Yeah. Uh, Edward Cousins pointed out that Jim Ross was set on fire. Only in wrestling. And by pain. I wonder if my wife is listening to it. (laughs) I mean, my, my actually, she probably was watching wrestling with me back then. <laughs> the politics, the politics of setting someone on fire—it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Uh, lo- another Twitch, uh, Locutus, Locutusburg, one, two, three, four, five, six, saying, "I think the fiend will come back looking like that Dwight from The Walking Dead. Half of his face will be burned, and the other half will be fine." Uh, could be wrong. So, like, I guess a half mask. Yeah. So uh, the Phantom of the Opera? I guess. Is the Bray Wyatt character reflecting this at all, or is he just go back to be normal and the fiend is the only one who got burned? Uh, hmm. I don't know. Uh, I saw it first as asking Raj Ryback, uh, surprise entry at the Rumble. Give us the scoop. Oh. I can tell you <laughs> from doing the podcast every week with Ryback, he is not going back to WWE. He is, uh, he has made that beyond clear. Or that's what he wants you to think. Yeah. 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 He's not. He said a lot of things that make me feel that he's not going back to WWE. (laughs) No. No, It makes me uncomfortable. uh, It doesn't hold back, (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Uh, So we don't did... uh, Andrew Yang has not been picked for the Secretary of Labor, correct? No. Mm. Real quick, your Royal Rumble picks. If you got to pick right now, who do you pick? Male and female. Male, I would say Daniel Bryan. Female, I would say Alexa Bliss. Hmm. Hmm. It's pretty good. Glenn? Uh, male, uh, Sami Zayn. And uh, female, Rhea Ripley. Oh. Sami Zayn? How did Sami Zayn? You lost document- your damn mind? Documentarians help him win it? <laughs> hey, he's hooked up with Michael Moore. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> male, I'm going to go... The Fiend. Really? Ooh. Yeah. And female. Gosh, I think Rhea Ripley, they kind of already put her in a big mania spot last year. Bianca, I think it's too soon. Ooh, that's a tough one. Maybe well, if the Fiend wins, wouldn't you want Alexa Bliss to win for the whole, you know, to double oh, yeah. down on that act? Yeah. It just doesn't seem like they have Alexa in that wrestler role right now. Right. But she is, I mean, the odds make have her up there as somebody who could, and I can't imagine them doing the Royal Rumble without Alexa Bliss. It just, I mean, I know they have enough women to do a 30 woman Royal Rumble without Alexa Bliss. It just would seem weird. It just seems odd to me that now we have a character that can shoot fire from their hands and we're not going to capitalize on that. Yeah. So she's just throwing fireballs all through the Rumble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
like Ryu and just yelling it out. Well, clearly yeah. this this was that part was pre-taped. You know, they're not doing that live with the with the fire. Hey, if Gene Simmons could do it live, we've seen what can happen when you do it live. We saw Hogan and the Warriors showed what oh, can yeah, happen yeah. when you do it live. Yeah. Michael Jackson that Pepsi commercial. Yeah. Oh yeah, too yeah. soon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big deal. That was eighty-five. Yeah, it's huge. All right. Um, and I think that's about all we got for the news. Yeah, there you have it, folks. So uh, Wednesday night, who's going to be on the podcast? It will be Matt will be back. Uh, Matt, Justin, and Alfred, the the old gang. Yeah. There you go. And uh, me and Matt, Friday. When's Justin come back on Fridays, Raj? Uh, probably not till the summer. Oh, wow. Yeah. School year, he's got the, the whole thing. Well, there you go, folks. Uh, everybody, he is at This Is Nasty. He's at Rajgiri underscore 303. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. And uh, we'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.